It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country, the award-winning radio program. Your executive producer of the show, you should know better than to be yelling when I'm... Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, get Dan's mic on. Okay, it's California Wine Country, the award-winning show every Wednesday here on KSRO. This week, the return of my dear brother from another mother, Tom Simino. Hey, Jackson. The man who, in 92, I uh, dubbed the uh, the Sonoma County wine guy. That's right. And he's back with us uh, and presenting Jay Jay Lore Vineyards today. Uh, The uh, director of winemaking, Steve Peck, is with us. How are you doing, Steve? Great to meet you. And Kristen Barnheisel is the white wine winemaker at uh, Jay Lore. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, too. Happy to be here. You guys drove a long way to be up here on this show. Yes, a bit from from Monterey, myself, and Steve from Paso. Yeah, and Kristen roomed with her mom here in Santa Rosa. So she, she got Kristen's the good, she, from Santa Rosa. She got a home-cooked oh, meal out okay. of the deal. Yes, double bonus. Well, it's a, a total pleasure and honor to have you folks in here today. Uh, Dan Berger, of course, is here for some reason. I don't know. Oh, I know, because he... We always try to kick off the show with something out of Dan's ridiculous cellar. There's like 73,000 bottles of wine in his cellar. Yeah. And he knows that there's 11 of them. He just keeps reaching them back and bringing them over here. Now, this is a Sauvignon Blanc 2010 from Monterey. It's Morgan. I've never heard of them. Dan Morgan tell. Lee is the winemaker and owner of the project and he is very uh, sensitive to high acidity in his wines and he really likes Monterey fruit. Uh, he doesn't shy away from distinctive characteristics and this one is from the valley floor. It's green pepper and it's got cilantro and it's got a little bit of uh, almost uh, parsley. It's it's a fascinating wine because it is it re, it's reminiscent of the wines that we saw for a long time in the seventies and seventies and eighties, and that was what gave Monterey a bad reputation. But if you understood the wine, you enjoyed it. So it wasn't it wasn't until ninety five or ninety seven when we started seeing the New Zealand style come in. We started understanding green, and now this is green. It finally got to this point after eleven years in the bottle. I would never guess it to be this old. Not even close. You know, I, I uh, not getting much of a nose on this. Well, the uh, the characteristics that are uh, primary uh, are green, herbaceous, and that's the most important part of why this wine exists. Sauvignon Blanc is not like Chardonnay in any way, shape, or form. Chardonnay is floral. It's got some citrusy components. This is very herbaceous. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, when you cut it, when you cut all the leaves off before harvest, you know, six weeks before harvest, all you do is strip the wine of its endemic flavors. So this is uh, an example of wine that never got got its leaves shorn off. I'm not a huge fan of this wine. You know, you know what? I'll tell you, taste, I didn't, I, you know, sometimes these wines are a little more interesting than good. This one actually is quite good for really? me. To me, it's but interesting. But to you, it's more interesting. Yeah, and that's, exactly. You know, and that's you, the nice thing about old wines. And that's the beautiful thing about the world of wine is that you can you you and I can sit here and you go, like, I wouldn't have a second glass of that. And you can reach for something else. And I'd say, well, I could have another but glass how of much, that. But how much more enjoyable would this be if you had a piece of 
fillet of sole that had a dill sauce on it. It would or be the, much the flavors better. Flavors would have come back there. That dill I would character. eat and drink to that. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Kristen, what are your thoughts on this uh, 2010 Sauv Blanc? I like it. I like the aroma profile. I think um, it's got a little bit of kind of dried lime on there with the sweet herbs. Yeah, pretty typical for for what we see in Monterey County. Steve, so good texture. Uh, you know, I think I think Dan's spot on that it kind of speaks to its time. And and today, I think the the more emerging style is to be in winemaking terms, we call it a little more thiolic, a little more passion fruit, and and, and, and a little more That's grapefruit. That's a cool word. Thank yeah, you. I love that word. It's a geeky yeah. term, but it's great. Yeah, that's a five-dollar word right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll expect my check on the way out. <laughs> I'm sorry my producer's off today. Uh, Joe is sitting in, and he doesn't have the checkbook. So uh. Yeah. But, but I think you know the term I'm talking about, that sort of grapefruit that, that the New World, New Zealand style Almost really made so popular. with a little gooseberry added. Yeah, so yeah. But this is more like I can remember days you know, early on where people would make Sauvignon Blanc and even fold in a little semillon to even double down on that real yeah. that green yeah, cut exactly. grass character or that cilantro character you're talking about. And that was a style that where people were chasing, although I think it is a little bit smaller, you know, smaller population of Looking people like you, Tom, that, yep. that really, you know, celebrate that yeah. style. Yeah, exactly. Who like the New Zealand Sylvia Blanc will like this. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thanks for bringing in, Dan. Steve Peck is here. He's director of winemaking at J. Lore Vineyards and Wines. Uh, Kristen Barnheisel is the white wine winemaker. Uh, you know, we don't see that very often where someone is just a white wine winemaker or just a red wine winemaker. I like that idea, though. But before we get into uh, more of that, give us the history of J. Lore Wines. And by the way, it's L-O-H-R, folks. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and there is a J. That's Jerry, Jerry Lore. And he planted his first vineyard in, in, in Monterey County in what's known as the uh, Monterey Arroyo Seco uh, uh, region within Monterey County back in 1972. So it won't be long before wow. we'll, be, we'll be talking 50 years. And our original winery um, uh, is located in um, San Jose. Um, it's mostly administrative and bottling functions now. And, and we have dedicated wineries, one in in and amongst our vineyards in 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 Monterey County, where where Kristen um, hosts, uh, uh, you know, thirty thousand barrels under roof, uh, doing barrel fermented Chardonnay, one of which the Riverstone we're going to open up with. It's a thankless job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and we and we have babies. Yeah, and they're doing weekly lease stirring and all that heavy lifting on on yeah. on, a, on a grand scale, and uh, and then Kristen we have has another. A guy for yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, a crew for that. Yes. Yeah, and then our uh, our our red program. You know, a lot of people uh, uh, my age will remember um, uh, Jay Lore as really a Chardonnay house, and you know, in the eighties and nineties. But I, but but we really uh, um, in in the eighties we started making Passerobles Cabernet, and I would say more so today we're almost m- more known as a Cabernet house. You know, if you really? go if you go across the country, um, you know, folks hear Jay Lore and they think Passerobles and they think Cabernet. Cabernet, but really, you know, people like Dan Berger here are gonna, you know, he he's not lost on 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 you know the charms of, of Riverstone Chardonnay that really kind of got got Jay Lore off the ground. And, no, he's you know, just in lost. The, but not in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Well, uh, back in the day, they all said it was too cold 
in Monterey to grow Cabernet to make it. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah, uh, Jerry in 72 actually uh, planted uh, like 11 varieties, you know, in this 200-acre parcel. And Cabernet and Merlot and Petit Straw were among those. And, of course, those, you know, those quickly got grafted over to Chardonnay. And the truth is, UC Davis, J- Jerry's big on academics. UC Davis were telling us that, that we had uh, had the growing degree days, but they what they fact they failed to factor in was the uh, the wind the wind blows every afternoon for six or eight hours those plants uh, you know they shutter their stomates and kind of hibernate stop photosynthesizing so it's you know it's it's a beautiful 75 80 degrees every single day for for months and months months through the summer what did you say? The stomates, oh, like the pores uh, on oh, the back of the, the leaves. leaves. Yeah, oh, the, leaves. the shutters. Stomates. They're <laughs> one of my favorite bands. They're playing Friday night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Friday night at Hot Punk. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, so so you. I should, love that bluegrass. Yeah. <laughs> if not for the wind, it'd be perfect for Cabernet. But but uh, but the reality is, on even Chardonnay, we're harvesting Chardonnay. You know, two weeks later than Russian River Valley. Um, really? Yeah, and, and so so our our you know that extra hang time translates to a little bit more stone fruit, a little you know a little more uh, you know apricot, peach. Um, you, you know, know we're so tropical up here. It's like Sonoma Coast, Russian River. You know, we don't pick Arroyo Seco. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that's when, why we're when here. There's a whole world of wine down there that, that we're kind of like, where's yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of the bridge? Kristen, yeah. the one thing about this wine that I'm in love with. Is this is now, a uh, Chardonnay from J. Lord. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the acidity is what carries this wine, and it's beautiful because it's not acid in the aftertaste as much as it is structured beautifully so that the wine doesn't fall apart in the aftertaste, and you start to think, after the second sip, you're saying, oh, my God, it needs to go with food. So <laughs> you're starting to look at how wonderful this uh, structure is. Mm-hmm. There's a little banana there, a little kind of, yeah. is that what that is? Little, kind of creme brulee, banana. A little creme brulee, banana, we uh, get a little bit of peach. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah is, that's pretty typical that for is delicious. a Seco fruit. Mm-hmm. Kristen, talk about mm-hmm. making this uh, shard. So, so yeah, uh, so we're down there in, in Arroyo Seco, like we were saying, about 20 miles south of Monterey. We bring in the fruit, we night pick everything, bring it into the winery, um, mm. and, you know, keep, again, keeping that cool, fresh, fresh flavor. We have about nine different clones of Chardonnay that go into this blend that ho- also helps build the, com- the complexity yeah. of it, yeah. um, starting on that base of, of clone four, clone five. And then doppling in some of the old, kind of old school California. So we have a little bit of Robert Young, a little bit of Hyde, a little bit of the Dijon clones. Wow. 95, 96, and 76. So Dan, tell me why nice I love this Chardonnay. And of wow. course, All the my different middle flavor name, profiles. My middle name is Chardonnay. <laughs> my, my parents named me Steve Chardonnay Jackson. For some, <laughs> some reason they thought I was going to be a Chardonnay freak, and I am. Mm-hmm. But well, Dan, I, tell me why I like this well, wine. I, I think you like it as much as I do for the same exact reason. I think the wine has got this gorgeous mid-palate structure of yeah. acidity that carries with it a little teeny bit of underripe uh, uh, pineapple. And that is such a beautiful element. It's mm. not strong at this point, but a year or two, maybe, maybe even three years from now, this wine is just going to explode. Because what you mm-hmm. did with, with the way it was ba- aged in wood is so subtle. And yet, it's all there. All the pieces are coming together, but it needs another year at least. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. it white pepper too in the finish? Well, maybe it's kind a of trace like, of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's a little it's of kind that of white in pepper. The you know that spice? Spice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oak, but it's it's. 
pepper. My I, first. Or, I don't know oh. if I've ever kind of had a pepper oak kind of thing like this. Mm-hmm. Very nice. My first nice. note of aroma was Thank mint. You. I got a trace of mint. And now it suddenly became part of a mix of other elements. Yeah. Well, we're teasing you with this Chardonnay. This is our Riverstone Chardonnay. And, and um, this is the one that you're going to see, you know, in Buy the Glass programs, just a little bit more available. It's, it is um, all not just barrel aged, but barrel fermented. And mm-hmm. that's where you get a little bit more nuance. That oak, actually, you know, the wines are less oaky when you barrel ferment them in oak than they are if you just make the wine and then plop it in the oak afterwards. And it really integrates and gives, gives you not not only that sort of creaminess that's and structure. That's the first time I heard that. Yeah. That's really Chardonnay yeah. Jackson loves this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to yeah. take the rest of this home, Jack. Oh, I'm yeah. going to. <laughs> and then, but this is one that we do with uh, our uh, American oak uh, barrel program. There's some Hungarian in here as this well. Is, this is and then mostly we're, American It's going to lead up to our Royal is, Vista yes. be our next wine, which is, is just, you know, it's the full treatment. It spends, it spends its time in French oak barrels and, and spends a little more time at the winery. So, so, so this one, though, is American oak. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wow. We yeah. do about 25% new, so really trying to showcase that fruit, to your point. Um, and also partial malactic. So mm-hmm. we're only doing 70% Who's or so American through oak? malactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Who's but what you're, you're malactic. Well, we, we would be remiss if we didn't say that uh, Mr. Vincent Nadalier from the <laughs> Nadalier Cooperage up in Calistoga took us out to lunch at Montage today. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> So, uh, so th- you know that ought to be worth a five buck a barrel discount <laughs> yeah, on the really, this man. year. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Again, my producer's not open. here, and he has the checkbook. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so shall we move on to the next? Yeah. The finish on this is okay. singing "Happy Birthday" to me. And yeah, it's, it's killing. Nowhere near my birthday. I that never would have guessed great. American oak. Wow, you're turning yeah. me on well, here, guys. When you're using. Uh, American oak that's been coopered by a Frenchman, it's a slightly different ballgame. Yeah, the the French, you know, that's one thing, you know, when the euro was so strong, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was, you know, the, the Europeans doubled down in their investment in, in wine cooperages, and they really, it, it's really been for the betterment of, of our industry, because they really understand the seasoning aspects, the toasting aspects, where previous to that, it seemed like the the American cooperages, American-owned cooperages, they were making too much easy money on the whiskey barrel side of the business, and just, and and, and maybe just didn't have the generations of know-how as well. Yeah. So even if they had the will, they didn't necessarily have the experience level that some of the, the French owner owned Cooperages, um, Demptos and Sagamaro, uh, I don't know, help, help me out, but... but uh, Sagamaro, um, yeah. another one of my favorite bands, Saturday <laughs> night at Hot <Hotline. laughs> It's an inside joke, I can't help. You know, that's a wonderful thing. I've only been... Dan loves it. Dan loves it, so I use it every Wednesday. (laughs) He always comes up with the I've only been in the business like 40 years, and now you're turning me around with American oak and Chardonnay. Wow. It can be done right, and there is a pretty... uh, Of that 20% new oak, I'd say close to a quarter of that is actually Hungarian, which is the French species. Yeah, yeah, but still. Mm -hmm. Wow. Cool. Okay, the next Chardonnay? What do we have now? Uh, why oh, don't you so tell yeah. us about it? Yeah. So we're going to try a little bit here. We have the 2019 Arroyo Vista Chardonnay. This is our Ode to Burgundy. This is our reserve Chardonnay. So we're okay. trying to shift, shifting gears here a little bit. We will continue with California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottled Barn. Dan Berger, of course, is here. And this week, uh, my dear friend Tom Simino is presenting J. Lore Vineyards, L-O-H-R, jlore.com, out of the Monterey area. 
Steve Peck is here. He is the director of winemaking at J. Lore, and uh, Kristen Barnheisel is the white wine winemaker. Steve, the uh, if Kristen is the white wine winemaker, I mean, how many winemakers does J. Lore have, and do you have like one person who's in charge of red wines? Or yeah, we we uh, I, I wish uh, we could have gotten Brendan Wood here in the room with us. He he's been uh, looking out for our red wines for the last few years. Um, you know, again, one of these kids that you know we got him right out of college in two thousand four, and is you know he, anyway been uh, been with J. Lore. 17 years now uh, if jerry lore was here he'd say well i guess he's met his introductory period uh, <laughs> because uh, we you really pride, we really pride ourselves in longevity of service at the winery um like i said we were at Simi winery earlier today and i guess their their uh, cellar master in the barrel rooms retiring this this year after 41 years wow and i you know anyway the, the, that uh you know sort of continuity that that we would you know we see it see me here locally and what we see at J Lore like uh, Steve, uh, my, my boss my boss has been with J Lore thirty six years I'm fifteen years so that's where Jerry would r- rib me that I'm like the, you know the newcomer yeah the new guy <laughs> yeah and wow one quick story and, yeah. really fast story two thousand six Jerry Lore brought several of his winemakers to the Australian wine technical conference in adelaide to learn about wine and it was the only american winery visible there wow yeah well kristen and i were there uh <laughs> what in 2019 2019 we went yeah. that show every three years it was in adelaide again and i was in sydney three years before that and yeah jerry's really highly committed to quality to to quality to to you know academics you know his his philanthropy uh, to uc davis and to the new winery at cal poly uh, san luis Obispo. um you know just he really puts his money where his mouth is he's one of those who you know if he can lift the industry whether it's whether it's the you know Monterey region, the Pastorables region, he's going to do that before um, you know before just trying to promote his own brand and sustainability. You guys are big on that too. Yeah, well, you'll see you know on the back of that Riverstone bottle is the the, the sustainability uh, stamp uh, uh, that that we've earned um, since being part of the pilot program of California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance back when it was first founded ten years ago or so, and and that's led to us being able to put that that uh, authenticity stamp on every bottle. Kristen, talk about the difference between the previous Chardonnay and this one. Uh, so, so this is really our reserve Chardonnay. Um, this is switching completely. This is hand-picked. Um, it's clone 76, so the basis for this is more apple and pear-based, Meyer lemon in terms of in terms of style. It is it is uh, fully through malolactic, so you get that wonderful creme brulee and really great texture. Uh, this is entirely French oak uh, fermented. And Dan about said to me new. during the yeah, traffic. So during the traffic, Dan said to mm-hmm. me, "You're going to like this one even better." <laughs> and he's right. I do. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I'm I'm glad we're going for that. You know, a nice bigger creme brulee style and really nice baking spices on the finish. Really What's the texture. price point yeah. of these two? The, the first one was how much? Is uh, 15 15 Yes. Yeah. Wow. For the Riverstone Chardonnay and you, then the Arroyo Vista is 25 You should be charging more. <laughs> yeah. Well, cap, uh, Chardonnay is a really competitive market. And you, you yeah. can, um, 
Fifteen you know? for this thing. All right, it is California Wine Country, the award-winning uh, radio segment here on the drive. For all these years, Steve Peck is director of winemaking at J. Lore Vineyards. And Kristen Barnheisel is the white wine winemaker at J. Lore. Tom Simino presenting J. Lore today. Dan Berger, of course, is here. California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn. They're now open for in-store shopping, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. And you can still place an order for curbside pickup at BottleBarn.com. The best prices anywhere and the best people anywhere. Okay, I'll turn it over to uh, Tom Simino, who has brought Jay Lore in here from the Monterey area. Tom? So now we're going to switch to some red wines, and we're going to trace the Syrah, and it's a 2019. And yeah. this, is, uh, this is from Paso Robles. So Monterey, you, so you go south. How far do you go south to get to these? Uh, yeah, um, the yeah. So if you follow the 101 corridor, you know you're you're going to be in 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 the Mon- middle of Monterey Arroyo Seco, um, um, where Chardonnay does beautifully, Pinot Noir does beautifully. But you keep driving south along the 101. It's probably maybe another 50 miles before you you uh, you uh, pass into San Luis Obispo County and and enter Paso Robles. So it's kind of an elevated marine bed or an elevated valley. You can kind of think of past robles, but okay. um, but you know summertime temperatures, you know nineties to hundred degrees, but it has that coastal influence. So our nighttime temperatures are quite cold. You know, fifty five degrees through through most would be like the average low temperature. So that whole in, diurnal in thing, just like we have up here. Yeah. Would so you consider it kind of like what we have up here as far as I w- growing area? I would say you know um, you're probably dropping into maybe the low sixties here and, and hitting you know maybe the low nineties. I don't. Know, but I, I think we're just a little bit wider spread, a little mm-hmm. colder at night, a little, little Warm. warmer during okay, the day, and um, you know, uh, I can I can think of uh, examples like uh, we've grown Viognier in in both Monterey County and and. Um, in Paso Robles, and you definitely think you know Viognier it ought to do better in the cold climate. Well, you know what, it, you know, our, our, uh, there's magic in that in that daily fluctuation of temperature mm-hmm. um, that really lights you know at least in that variety you know ignites a lot of you know exciting Sugar flavors. Sugar during the day, acid at night, that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. And you know um, the the wine we have in front of us now, the, the 2019, we call it Southridge Syrah. Um, you know, we do a, a little bit of everything on this wine. It's it's uh, uh, we'll do some whole cluster tanks uh, um, with stems still embedded. We'll do some some crushed fruit uh, with 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 in some cases stem addbacks. Um, we do a little uh, viognier co-ferment, uh-huh. um, and then when when if Kristen has a little extra rousson, uh, uh just maybe pre-bottling. We've actually done blending trials. You would, everybody talks viognier as a blender yeah, with syrah. Yeah. But at least in those months prior to bottling, after you know we've done trials with Roussan or Viognier or Grenache Blanc, and it's Roussan that really uh, 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 helps just sort of spread out the palate. Let's just say, wow. you know, and and oh, listen, um, a eighteen dollar bottle of wine. Yeah, so we, we really are, you know, Jeez. with with Cabernet, everything's about density and mouthfeel, you know, and, and that tension, uh, uh, you know, managing that astringency to just perfect that. But with straw, you know, we're really looking for more aromatic expression um and and yeah you, you do get a little bit of that you know the greenness from the stems get a little uh, black cracked 
pepper that you know, I don't know if that's coming from from the the stems or from the fruit itself. Oh, um, dusty tan in there, nice yeah. but soft. And then that whole berry, it's almost like a carbonic maceration. Mm-hmm. Where uh, I'm, I'm going to give you another five dollar word. You, you get this what what the French call an amylic character. So uh, millic character, amylic, yeah, a great singer songwriter. <laughs> Saturday at Hot yeah. Month. Yeah, I think I think that's Miley Cyrus's. You know, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. but uh, but you know, it's 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 like if if you think of like those Jolly Rancher candies, you know, just that really f- artificial bright fruit. Um, so, so we'll get you know some of those notes built into this wine as well. And you know, this is kind of one of the sleepers in our portfolio. You know, we're, we're, we sell a heck of a lot more Cabernet than we do Syrah. But you know, when when my cousin called me a couple years ago and he was getting married again, you know, I. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You know, he wanted to get the employee discount on some wines for his <laughs> wedding. You know, this is you know this you know that's kind of the you know the the insider uh, uh, you know wine uh, from, from our tier that not everybody knows about. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. This, this is California this is Wine Country, the award-winning program on KSRO on the Drive. Steve Peck is director of winemaking at J. Lore Vineyards. Uh, Kristen Barnheisel is the white wine winemaker, and Kristen, you're from Santa Rosa. <laughs> yes, I am. Originally grew up in Santa Rosa. Yes, my my mom used to work at Simi Winery back in the 80s, wow. and my dad made homemade wine growing up. And what high school did you go to? I graduated from Santa Rosa High. <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> Just a couple, right? And you're in Monterey now. And I'm in Monterey now, yes, and, and loving it down there, so... I find a, I find a lot of similarity between the people down there and certainly the love of food and wine. It's a very uh, sure. similar kind of uh, uh, way of life. I love I Monterey. Saying. Yeah, Monterey's got a great restaurant scene. Um, Kristen's lucky to be part of that, and I, I'm in Paso Robles, and 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 it, it's really hopping there as far as the restaurant scene and uh-huh. so. A couple of wonderful Italian places in Paso. Yeah, yeah. So now we're moving to some Cabernet. Yeah, we we we. We brought the Jaylor Hilltop. Um, this is our 2018 uh, Hilltop uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, th- this is sort of a, 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 a in the same tier as the Arroyo Vista Chardonnay that we we tried earlier. And fact, they, we saw it on the list at Montage mm-hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, that, that Chardonnay, but uh, you know, Hill, uh, Pass Robles. You know, some of the best wines that come out of that area are, are Cabernet Sauvignon. And Jerry Lore has been working at it since the mid '80s to, to perfect it. And so we have uh, the Hilltop's actually a blend of three ranches. Um, that are uh, in some higher elevation spots and some of the cooler spots um, for Cabernet. One one vineyard is it, about half of the fruit uh, comes from a vineyard called Shotwell, and it, it's it's in uh, a, a town called Templeton. Um, and you know you see uh, I don't know when you see the oak trees there, there's usually some of that Spanish moss hanging in it because it's a little colder, a little mm-hmm. more higher rainfall. And if you're a sloppy farmer, your Cabernet will never ripen there. But you, you know the lores. <laughs> The Lords do not run a sloppy operation. We're really stringent. Yeah, really stringent with well, the Well, you're on the wrong protocols. show then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got to keep the yields down. You know. You know. Uh, you know. Grow a smaller vine each each year. We do the tighter spacing and the earlier ripening clones and rootstocks. And uh, do you have water problems down there? Isn't it drier down there than it is up here? Yeah. We we uh, we really uh, have a large aquifer um, underneath the Petrobles Basin, but. It, but it has reached its tipping point, and uh, you know uh, Jerry Lore and the Lore family are really part of, of trying to provide a solution to that. To the point where 
on this wine um, and all, all the 2,500 acres we farm in Paso Robles, um, you know, every irrigation we do during the summer is preceded by a, a, a water stress measurement on, on that vineyard block. With the, so you're not wasting. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll run, a, there's a device called a pressure bomb where mm-hmm. we tear a leaf off the vine and put it in this little chamber and kind of pressurize it to see how, you know, how water stressed it is. And that measurement precedes every irrigation decision, just so we're, we're sure that we're not putting water that's going on beyond the root zone and right, you know, which be, you don't need. being wasted and, and so on. It's so very important. Really, really focused on that sustainability uh, uh, part. You know, part, this is part terrific, of the terrific yeah. glass so of this, wine. You know, the, 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 the Hilltop is really, yeah, it's our top vineyard selections. Um, um, we'll... Uh, Aegis in, in uh, over 60 to 70% new French oak um, and a little bit of Petit Verdot kind of help, helps um, um, give it a little bit of that blue fruit character that become it makes the wine a little bit more receptive to that oak, you know, so the oak integrates a little bit better. I mean, a lot of people talk about Petit Verdot as providing astringency and backbone to the blend, but, but in our case, our Petit Verdot is actually pretty soft, mm. and it's really just more about stretching that the more savory elements of cabernet out or diluting them out a little bit with with the more yeah, and this has a little a little herbal candy. quality to it yeah. too don't has you think you notice in that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah we want it to taste like cabernet i mean yeah. we're, you're not trying to go you go beyond that flavor we want you to be able to identify you know some of those you know nobody ever wants to use the you know the, the term veggie or or any green word that can be correlated to back to that um, yeah no but cabernet um, character for, is an essential component yeah and so the best term i can use is savory you know i think yeah. you know but it, you know that's um, a sexy way of saying green it, it, savory it is, i like that you, it needs to be you know like variety appropriate and yeah. so you know our 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 house go- house style for hilltop is really to have that density, but a real soft finish on on the, on the palate. It's um, a pretty good amount of tan in there, though. Yeah, that's I gonna. Mean, this is gonna age. It's 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 built, but uh, you Dan, know, how many decades are you gonna age this? <laughs> <laughs> this this yeah. wine is is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and the only drawback right now is it's too young. I mean, it's uh, it needs two two to three years. Because it's an 18. I mean, goodness gracious. Cabernet Sauvignon doesn't want to be consumed young. After all, it's a, it's a wine that has built-in tannins. It's got built-in acidity. If you don't sacrifice that to the gods, then <laughs> put the wine in the bottle and let it sit around for a while and let it get better. So three three years for sure. Well, your job is to sell it and then I age it. That's yeah. the idea, right? Exactly. That's what Jay Lore is all about. Yeah. I mean. This is California Wine Country with Dan Berger. This week, our great friend Tom Simino presenting Jay Lore Vineyards. Steve Peck is the director of winemaking there. Kristen Barnheisel is the white wine winemaker. And you guys have been uh, tasting these Jay Lore Reds, which I can't do. So you're all white all the time. Well, no, <laughs> no, no. A little rosé every now and again. Yeah, once you in a while. Oh, I love a pinot from oh, time to time. Pinot, but okay. these big reds are right in my uh, wheelhouse, and this beautiful one is called what? Well, it's called Pure Paso. So if you remember, Tom, you, you know when we we were talking about you know meeting today, we, you asked me what's new at at J. Lore, and believe it or not, it's been eleven years since we launched. A, a new wine. Um, we launched uh, Flume Crossing Sauvignon Blanc uh, 11 years ago, 
and, uh, b- before bringing out Pure Paso, which is Jay Lore's, you know, you know, uh, 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 entry into the proprietary, you know, red wine space. So this you is your opus. Yeah. It, well, yeah. Um, this isn't our top, you know, most expensive wine in the, in, in the right. cellar, cer- certainly. But it, you know, it kind of targets that, you know, kind of. You know, casual luxury uh, price point. I think what, it, I think it front lines at twenty seven dollars. Oh bottle. my god! Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, Jackson, do you, you hear this? I mean, Bottle Barn probably sells it for fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll I better not say that. Jerry might hear this, right? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my parole officer won't let me drink red wine. I meant to say that earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stick with the white, Steve. Okay, sir. It's all right. No, this is terrific. And you say it's Cabernet and Petite Syrah? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, one of our, our vineyards is in one of the coolest parts of Pass Robles where you can still get Cabernet ripe. So we actually uh, built this blend on, on some of the, the, the blocks that are in the heavier soils, the later ripening. So you have a little more of that mint uh, uh, character, that savory character, a Cabernet. And we learned that um, when in doing a blend with a really ripe, unctuous, dark, you know, blackberry petite Syrah, that you don't kind of get a, a blend of those two flavors. You actually get kind of a layering of, of these two flavor profiles, so, sort of an intersection of two flavor profiles. And that's really been the goal of the program. We launched it with the 2017 vintage uh, last last year, and we're just now entering into the 2018 release. Um, it, it's it's just packed with fruit. It's that big red that you're looking for. Um, it, it can really get released with a nice splash to can. If, you, if you've got a nice, you know, just an open decanter. Not something that you're yep. trying to pour off a sediment, but really just take the bottle and just splash it, it right do, in there. Oh, do yeah. 180 and hold it high and, you know. Shake you know, that decanter yeah. up. Yeah, give yeah. it some air. Get, you know, get, get your uh, son or daughter to film you and put you on TikTok, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, as, as, you, as, you, as you pour that out with some vigor and really get that wine to open up. Well, you know, you're seeing a lot more Cabernet blended with Syrah and Petite Syrah these days. And I yeah. keep, you know, that whole Meritage thing where it had to be all Bordeaux, that became a little too restrictive. And a lot of people now are leaving the Meritage name off and going and, and let the winemaker say, okay, it needs Syrah yeah. Yeah. or and, it needs Petite Syrah. Yeah, and Petite Syrah, um, you, know, you know, it's arguably a, a Rhone variety. Right. And... Uh, and and we are kind of crossing borders here, where we're b- blending a Rhone and a Bordeaux, um, but but it works out it, uh, especially well, um, especially when you consider in Paso Robles, <coughs> we don't get any autumn rainfall. The, you know, the rains that you'll get here in August or September, the, you know, th- those don't come our direction. We don't get any rain anymore. Yeah. Well, you don't get any rain. Here, 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 we used uh, to get uh, rain. We used to get those, right. but at any rate, pretty soon you'll be able to grow uh, petite Syrah and let it ripen until November first, like we can. <laughs> 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 Terrific wine. All right. Uh, we got to split. The President of the United States is about to speak to Congress, or a few members of Congress, anyway. Uh, I, I got to thank Steve Peck, Director of Winemaking, and Kristen Barnheisel, White Wine Winemaker at the great J. Lore Winery. Thank you guys for coming all the way up. We appreciate it, and uh, we need to do it again. Dan Berger, Tom Simino.